Hey everyone, welcome back to Holy Spirit Soapbox. This is Stacy, and I'm here to bring you our special Christmas episode for 2022. The past few weeks have led us up right to this point, the celebration of the birth of Christ. We know there's some speculation on when Jesus' birth actually was, but the focus shouldn't be about the date he was born. It should be about Jesus' birth and the unbelievable love God has for all of us, which led him to give us his one and only son. Over the past few weeks, we've discussed four different themes, joy, peace, hope, and love. Each of these are gifts given to us in the birth and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which come now as a state of our being or our character when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And then we invite the Holy Spirit to work in us for his will to be done. Christ lives in us, so these now become a few of our adjectives of our identity in Christ. Christ's birth is more remarkable than we can understand and comprehend. Why? Because no religion on earth, even though Christianity is not really a religion, but more on that another time, (laughs) but no religion on earth tells of a God who loves his creation so much that he willingly came to earth knowing he'd be humiliated and killed by that creation so that he can rescue anyone who chooses him. Not only did he come to earth, he came in one of the most humble ways. If you could imagine a king that was about to be born, someone in a royal family who has plenty of money and self-proclaimed power, what would their birth look like on earth? You might see a widely celebrated birth, Only the best hospital in the area would be able to take care of the mother and the baby. Tons of resources would be allocated to that hospital room. They would get white glove service. There would be protection in the hospital room, such as bodyguards, police, or military, to ensure nothing happens to the mother, baby, or father, or anyone else in the family. Gifts would pour in from many people, and they would only be fit for a king. And people might be lined up to see the mother... And the baby and the media coverage would be continuous, you know, nonstop live stream on the news all over the world. Now, what if this baby to be born was the actual creator of the universe? Wouldn't you think that people knowing this would do all of those things we just listed, but maybe times a million? Wouldn't you think that this would be the most celebrated birth and the most beautiful scene ever? As you've probably read in the Bible, It wasn't. Because the people that were living in the time that Christ was born saw people and self as more important to celebrate than the creator of the whole entire universe coming to fulfill all prophecies and rescue us, Christ's birth, unfortunately, was anything but stellar. First, he was wanted by King Herod. King Herod was jealous that this new baby would be called a king, and he ultimately wanted to be the king of the Jews for as long as he could reign. We discussed this in a previous episode, and if you want to read the whole story, it's written in Matthew chapter 2. But he had all the children in one region killed, so Mary, Joseph, and the unborn Jesus needed to flee to Egypt until they were called back out to Bethlehem when it was safe. Mary and Joseph couldn't even find a place to stay on their journey which, if it was any other king or any other person of royalty, a room would have definitely been set up already, and the resources would have been ready for their arrival. But instead, Mary and Joseph had to find a place while she was starting to have birthing pains. 
They ended up in an area where animals slept and rested when the inn had no spots. Again, imagine if a person of royalty wasn't given a room at an inn when they're about to have a baby, like in labor and denied a room. You would think that someone would give up their room and sleep in the barn instead. I couldn't imagine the worry, exhaustion, feelings of discomfort for the pregnancy and the labor for Mary and how Joseph must have felt scurrying around to find a place for her to rest and give birth. This was probably going to be a very painful birth, especially for the Virgin Mary, and the utmost care would usually be given to a mother in this position. But God allowed Mary and Joseph to be put into a smelly, gross barn where he himself would be born. Then he arrived. Why wouldn't God just intervene and give himself the best place on earth to be born without people trying to kill him? Well, this is where God's allowance of free will comes in. In Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, he tells of Christ's birth, where his son would be called out of Egypt. God allowed Herod to look to God and have his heart be allowed to be changed by God's spirit. But Herod decided not to. He was given a chance to not kill children in the region out of his own selfishness, but Herod did anyway. The prophet Hosea foresaw the people of Israel continuing to walk away from God to the point that it would lead to the prophecy to be fulfilled that God would have to call him, Jesus, out of Egypt after it was safe. The same situation of free will plays a role with choosing to be born in a smelly barn stable and laid in a manger, a feeding trough for the animals. If people paid attention to God and continuously tried to seek God instead of self, they would have known about this birth. They would have understood that this, this birth should be fit for a king, and they probably would have prepared everything for Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Instead of God making it this huge dictatorship by forcing people to recognize and celebrate his birth, he's allowed his son to be born in a smelly, gross barn, as humble as you can get. Those that followed then knew when they saw the star in the sky. Those that knew God and studied his word knew that this birth was extremely important and that they went to see and give him those gifts. Humility is just one of the many traits of God. The four traits and characteristics we've discussed over the past few weeks of joy, peace, hope, and love are all shown and exuberantly presented with Christ's birth. I'm going to add one word to each of these traits. Eternal joy. The time has come where we can now feel constant joy, knowing that God kept yet another promise of his and we have a place in heaven. Jesus' birth is an exciting and joyful moment. Eternal peace, the puzzle and the mystery, is complete. No matter what circumstances we face in life, we are now made whole with God through Jesus in full arene or shalom. We can take comfort in knowing that we are forever part of the true royal family of God. Eternal hope. There's no more wishing and wanting. Hope becomes part of our nature and is almost a combination of eternal joy and eternal peace. We now have something better in store for us, even though this life can be full of hardships. We have this vorfreude, or joyful anticipation, of heaven, knowing that this baby was born 
is our God and in the flesh sent to rescue us. An eternal love. Through a humble birth, God tells us this. I love you so much, I can't let you go. I will come here in the flesh and lay in a manger. Then I will give my life for you to show you how much I love you. There's nothing more loving than giving your own life for someone to have eternal life in heaven. We hope that you can get just a glimpse of the beauty of Christmas and Christ's birth. This birth is not just any birth and is not just any time of the year. Christmas is what we can look at and then start to feel how wide and long and deep and high God's love is for us. And it's something we get to celebrate each and every day of the year. We have a few verses to meditate on today, and we've broke them up into sections about the prophecy of Jesus's birth, then the actual birth of Jesus, what Jesus said during his adult ministry, and what was said about Jesus after his death. The first is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 to 7, and it reads, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with the justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. For Jesus' birth, we read from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For his adult ministry, what we learned from him in the red letters in the Bible, he talked about being salt and light. This is from Matthew Chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
And our final verse to meditate on is from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. We also have some questions for you, and I'll read them out for you, but we'll also put them in the description box just so that you have them to look back on later. Our first question is, what does Christmas mean to you? Really ask yourself and go deep with this one. Question two, how can we spread true Christmas joy, peace, hope, and love? And the third question, how does Christ's birth make you feel about God's love for you? Thank you all so much for joining me today on this Christmas special episode. Now, if you'd like to join me in your prayer posture, let's pray to our Father in heaven. Our Father, you are such a wonderful God who is the true meaning of love. We appreciate you sending your only begotten son to die for us so that we can never witness eternal death. You felt every single lash and all of that pain during your crucifixion and your death. And we have nothing but praise and worship for you, knowing that this was all done to rescue your beloved children. Father, please really help us feel your love this Christmas. Let this Christmas be a Christmas that changes our vision of you and others. God, I pray for all of us to know you better and ask that you continue to keep us from our selfish ways so that we can help the world truly experience who you are. We thank you for all things given and all things taken away. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 